0: reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hello, Steeler Nation, and welcome to your SteelerNation.com podcast sponsored by Stony Brewing, the official beer of Steeler Nation. Crack a Stoney's pure, honest beer. I'm your host, G. Stryker, and today... I'm joined by SteelerNation.com sports writer and resident fantasy guru, Matt Papirnik. Matt, how you been, man?
1: I've been good. Glad to finally be back and uh, be able to... There's some advice for the
0: people out there. Oh, nice! And and we're happy to have you uh, enlighten us for ye old fantasy world of the old football. And we have a new article on SteelerNation dot com written by Mr. Matt, who is uh, going to go over a, a bit of it today on the phone call. Since obviously playoffs start this week, right?
1: Yeah, depending on the week, some started last week, some started this week. But you know, sure. it's uh, definitely a big time of year all around for everyone to. Makes like participate.
0: Nice. So what do you see trend wise? I know obviously you put out the article. Um, who are the hot players right now you think going into these last three weeks that can really put people over the top for their championships?
1: Um, there's a lot of people out there, you know, a lot of people have good matchups. Mm-hmm. On the article I tried
0: to focus on some people
1: that not everyone will always focus on or it's mm-hmm. been having a down year, so some people have kind of shied away from them. Yeah. Um, one guy I'm actually really high on is uh, Stunny Michelle over the last couple weeks. Uh-huh. Um, he He's someone that's people, you know, pick with a lot of confidence this year after having a big rookie year. And mm-hmm. New England's kind of shied away from him a little bit, mostly due to uh, a large amount of versatility they have in their backfield. But he has some pretty easy games coming up, and they'll likely try to just keep it simple and ground the pound. I mean, he plays Miami and Cincinnati, and it's always easy to – run the ball against some of the worst teams in the league
0: and it's smart for new england also because they understand ball possession especially when you get to late in the season and they understand mismatches and they really utilized him well i thought in the playoffs last year uh to control the clock and to get a championship you know through his legs more so than brady's arm
1: yeah and it's always going to be good to make sure uh, Brady's able to stay fresh going in and you don't reveal too much to any playoff teams that might be watching film over the last couple weeks as well.
0: Nice. Uh, Who else do you see being a big impact here?
1: So someone who has kind of come on the last couple weeks but probably hasn't even been on the radar for most people or most people haven't heard of Mm -hmm. is Patrick Laird. I hope I'm pronouncing his last name right. Uh Uh-huh. Um, he's a running back for the Dolphins. Over the last two weeks, he's been kind of their future back, and he's just been putting up some good numbers. He's always been, you know, kind of somewhat relevant in the passing game over, you know, second half of the year. But just recently with, you know, some of the um, suspensions around Mark Walton and uh, the ineffectiveness of some of the other backs, they kind of just rolled with him. And now he's got a pretty good matchups lined up the last couple weeks with Giants and Bengals, and hopefully, you know, I see big weeks out of him with all the ball he's gonna get.
0: Nice. Especially
1: because he excels in the passing game and doesn't just rely on the running game like some of these other backs that you might be relying on.
0: Nice. Do you see any quarterbacks that you, that could help out people's teams right now?
1: Oh uh, yeah, there's several, and some of the people, mm-hmm. some of the people uh, probably already know about some of them. Some of the people I didn't list are such as, like, Ryan Tannehill. You know, he came on strong the last couple of weeks. I didn't bother listing him because a lot of people have already picked him up or yeah. are already well aware of him. Same with, like, Jameis Winston. Both of them have very easy schedules the rest of the year. Uh-huh. But some of the people I threw in there, mm-hmm. I threw in Philip Rivers, mm-hmm. who has kind of been up and down, and as he's getting up there in ages and always putting up the big numbers anymore. But will really going against Kansas City as well as Oakland over the next couple of weeks, and – Those are two pass defenses that people can exploit Mm -hmm. and will likely also be some high-scoring games. Someone else who is probably still out there in most leagues Mm -hmm. is good old Ryan Fitzpatrick.
0: Man, the ageless wonder. (laughs) Right? Yeah.
1: And uh, with the Dolphins typically being behind in a lot of games, he's going to be asked to pass a lot. Mm Mm-hmm. And he also has the Giants and Bengals heading up next, and those are two easy matchups. And then even if their league extends into Week 17, he goes against the Patriots, which most people might not see as a good spot. But Week 17, I could see the Patriots easily sitting a lot of their starters, especially in the secondary. And even if they don't, he's going to be asked to pass the ball probably 40 to 50 times that game. So just based on pure volume, even if he throws an interception, he's going to get 300 yards and a touchdown or two just out of how many times they'll ask him to drop back.
0: And and that's an interesting point too, Matt, that you just raised, is when people are playing probably for their championship lives in these fantasy, um, in their fantasy leagues, it seems like the Week 17 matchup means that, you know, they're going to have a lot of matchups or trying to figure out, Players that normally wouldn't be playing as well, but they're playing against teams that are sitting starters, so their effectiveness is going to be enhanced all that much more.
1: Yeah, definitely, it's definitely something to keep in mind. As well as you know, some of those players on your roster, you might be starting because you have others who are, you know, being rested. Like I'm sure a lot of people have Lamar Jackson out there. Yeah. You know, he's the one that's carried a lot of people throughout the fantasy season and probably well into the playoffs and. There's a good chance that if your fantasy championship heads in the week 17, that he won't be playing, and that's something that I'll be dealing with in one of my fantasy teams, assuming I make the championship over the next week.
0: Yeah, so with it's the, definitely
1: the, something to keep in mind.
0: And I just heard Lamar Jackson's report there that the, the um, Ravens have already come out and said if, they, if they're locked up for the last week, they're going to be starting RG3. So anybody that has Lamar Jackson wouldn't be ha- wouldn't be able to utilize him if everything plays out that way for week 17 so that's yeah it is very very interesting moving toward the end um who do you see wide receiver wise being able to come in as a sleeper and help people out
1: so someone who popped onto my radar simply because of an injury last week is brashad perriman from the bucks Mm. um mike evans pulled up lame last week on a 61 yard touchdown hurt his hamstring and there's a good chance he's out the rest of the year wow and Buccaneers have a very favorable stretch through the air in the next couple games with the Lions, Texans, and Falcons all having some pretty weak pass defenses. Mm -hmm. And with Jameis Winston being asked to throw the ball so much, it's easy for two wide receivers to be very successful, as you've seen with Chris Godwin and Mike Evans throughout the year. And Perriman did catch a touchdown last week in Mike Evans' absence. So Mm. he's the number two man, and there's a good chance that he's going to step up and can easily fill in for you, especially if you had the loss of Mike Evans.
0: Nice. And for people that need a tight end, uh, do you see any good tight ends to help people out here at the end?
1: So sticking with the Bucs, honestly, Mm -hmm. OJ Howard is someone who has kind of been dropped in a lot of leagues, mainly due to the fact that he just simply, at the beginning of the year, wasn't performing. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, he was really struggling, you know, making a lot of mental mistakes, according to uh, the coaches, and dropping a lot of passes. And he's someone that a lot of people uh, really invested highly in. So, but going along with the Bucks having an easy schedule, same thing for Rashad Perriman, he's going to have a lot of opportunities now that Mike Seven's gone. Since he's gone, I mean, yeah. there's a lot of targets that are going to open up for people.
0: Great point um so let's go on the other side of the football um do you see any players that could be fool's gold now heading down toward the end of the stretch
1: yeah there are definitely a few and you know some of it for different reasons than others someone like a mark ingram you know for the ravens i'm he's kind of slowed down a little bit but most people probably think he's still a pretty safe bet but with baltimore having this pretty commanding lead and potentially even resting stars in week 17 i'm sure they're going to be dialing back his carries to make him pressure the playoffs especially since they got a lot of depth there at running back
0: mm, nice um and that's pretty much the only player or do you see anybody else that people should avoid
1: um, there's a few a couple more I see, and there's probably actually a handful that I didn't even include in some of my articles. Like someone like Le'Veon Bell, I didn't include. Yeah, he's someone that's just having rights with the coach. The Jets haven't been very successful. He hasn't been getting the carries or his touches. Um, some of the other people that I have on the list are Josh Allen and John Brown for the Bills. Mm-hmm. They have a touch judge coming up against Pittsburgh and New England. You know, that's yeah. arguably two of the top five pass defenses in the league and. And Josh Allen appears to be fighting through an injury at this point.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. Well, that makes a lot of sense, and and thank you very much for explaining all that to me. I'm I'm completely uh, lost most times in fantasy because I am just so uh, tuned into the Steelers. I actually had to give up most of my fantasy leagues. I, the last time I think I played in a fantasy league was in 2001. And I had uh, Marshall Falk on my team, a Monday night football matchup, and I was rooting for Marshall Falk against the Steelers. And I said, I cannot live this way anymore. <laughs> I'm just too passionate of a fan. I, I'm biased, of course. I could only have Steelers on my team, so I'm no, no way I can win. But um, you know, other than that, um I'm I really, really appreciate you, you know, informing me because I know nothing about fantasy and there's a lot of Steeler Nation fans that really can use your insight and and you've got some great insight. So we really appreciate that, Matt.
1: No, no problem. Um, you know, and the Lost Steeler Nation probably has some more questions, so they can feel free to stop by the site, you know, and drop off any questions that they may have, and I'll get back to them in the comments. In the past, you know, there's been a couple of times where I've uh, got on my Twitter and yeah. answered some questions for an hour or so, and I might be doing that again over the next couple of weeks just to, you know, help people out in the playoffs, because right now is more crucial time than any to make sure you're starting the right people, and sometimes you just don't have time to go and dig through the data, so it's nice to be able to ask a quick question and get a quick answer on someone that, you know, has put in that time, and not always. ways you see the strength of schedule stuff that comes up over the next couple of weeks.
0: And that's a great resource. Steeler Nation, make sure you read out, reach out to us and ask us questions because you have a resident professional that is here to help you out in winning your league. That is great, Matt. Also, um, I imagine you do this on your personal Twitter as well?
1: Um, I don't do it as much on my personal Twitter. Uh, I have you. in the past, but mm-hmm. uh, since uh, my followers uh, – my followers' numbers hasn't grown quite as much as I would have had, as I would have hoped to this point. Um, I tend not to do it too much there because I tend to only get you know a couple close friends that I'm playing against actually. Typically, um, asking you questions. The last thing I want to do is help out you know a lot of people that I'm, you know, trying to take some money from.
0: I hear you. <laughs> so make sure, guys, to tweet at Steeler Nation to get some information and insight from Matt, our resident professional guru for fantasy. And moving on, then, Matt, let's take a step back and uh, look into last week because I know as Steeler fans, um, it was tough knowing we we're going into another West Coast game. Obviously, Duck Hodges does not care about playing on the West Coast because he's 2 0, which is. Probably two more wins than we've gotten on the West Coast in the last few years. But uh, I'm sure we got a couple here and there. But it seems like we just have such a hard time winning football games out West. But this past week was an excellent game. It seemed like the defense was on point and they were in control just about the entire game.
1: Yeah, and it's kind of surprising that they tend to struggle out West from time to time. Because if you look throughout the stands earlier season against the Chargers and last week against the Cardinals fans are mostly Steelers fans. Steelers fans travel well out there, and there's a large Steelers fan base out there. So it's great to see all the support at the games. But, yeah, good old Duck Hodgins really uh, didn't slow down at all going out there and managed to pull out yet another victory.
0: Yeah, Guy only had three incompletions on the day. I mean, that's as efficient as you can get pretty much. 16 for 19. I mean, he had a hell of a game. Um, You know, obviously a lot of it was short passing, but, hey, he's a ball control guy. And, um, you know, I'm starting to do some numbers, too, and starting to run a couple comparisons. Um, There was a team back in 2000 uh, that I used to work for at that time. um, And they had a dominating defense and a ball control offense. And that was the Baltimore Ravens. And those guys rode their defense to a championship because... Uh, Trent Dilfer, who was their quarterback, was not a downfield passer. He was a game manager. His job was not to turn the ball over. And in four playoff games, he only turned the ball over once, though his completion percentage is atrocious if you compare it to to Duck Hodges. But they relied on not turning the ball over, playing strong defense, getting turnovers, putting the offense on short fields, and using Matt Stover as their kicker at the time to win football games as well as their return game, which was actually – Really good in kick return and punt return as well, and had a solid run game as well. But uh, but th- there's I'm starting to see at least some comparisons, and I'm starting to get a little excited that, you know, as long as we stay out of our own way on offense, because it seems that turnovers now are the only way that the other team seems to be generating any offense or getting into the games. I mean, look at this past week. Steelers were up 10 nothing. They were riding. They had the football. They started pounding the ground in their first first carry unfortunately for Snell popped right up into the air they picked the ball up they went the other way and scored and you know after that point it was a back and forth game and then we got toward the end of the game Steelers were also in solidly in control again until that that punt and the misread on the on the fake punt by uh, Barry and ended up turning the ball over there and then gave him another score to make the game close so outside of those two plays the turnover on downs and the turnover with the fumble um, if Steelers stay out of their own way they're gonna they're gonna be in a situation where the, where the two thousand Ravens were where they can rely on their defense to control the game, keep it on a small field, and allow the offense just to score enough points to win
1: yeah definitely um this defense is one of my favorites to watch i mean i'm probably one of the younger Steelers fans out there being only in my mid 20s but uh <laughs> watching the Steelers defense throughout the 2000s and mm-hmm. throughout their Super Bowl runs under Cowher and early Tomlin then watching the defense now you know it reminds me a lot of them and I actually love watching this defense more because it's you know it seems like everyone is just rallying around each other and yeah it's you don't really focus on one person because you can't no Everyone on the field is a playmaker at this point, and just like you said, as long as the offense just continues to control the ball, get points when they're given the opportunity and not make mistakes, mm-hmm. it's going to be hard to beat this team as they continue to hold hold opponents to minimal points and um, take advantage of all the opportunities that they see in front of them, especially with all those takeaways that this defense has got this year, which has been a sight for and so recent
0: years. Oh, it's it's been great. And I've been a Steeler fan for a long time. I've been alive for all the Super Bowls, though I was just a baby during the first. Um, but, you know, I really didn't become a Steeler fan until the mid 80s. And, you know, they were terrible then, obviously they we had. It was just coming off of Terry Bradshaw and we had Mark Malone as quarterback. But Steelers already had defense and I learned how to root for defense first and be confident in the defense. And I have not been confident in our defense to be able to shut the door on a game until this year. And it was in that Rams game uh, when the Steelers shut the door twice inside of two minutes to seal that win. And honestly, being at that game, there was no doubt in anyone's mind in that stadium that the defense was not going to get that job. That was going to get the defense was going to get that job done and secure that victory. And they did. And ever since then, they've secured three more victories, including last week, where you know Joe Hayden made an. Excellent, excellent read to dive in front of the player uh, to seal that last interception, which which is one of the best plays I've seen out of a corner since Rod Woodson. Uh, as far as athleticism, to be able to jump in front of a player and, and get a diving interception like that, uh, that was brilliant to watch. And also, I've been, I was one of the more, um, I was, I wouldn't say I was ever hard on uh, Bud Dupree. Obviously, I always thought he was a productive player. Uh, I wrote an article earlier this week about his relationship with. Uh, uh TJ Watt and the way I used to see them was like a Batman Robin situation where like TJ's Batman he's out there getting the double teams and then you know uh, Bud takes advantage of those double teams swoops in and makes a play here and there but this year has been completely different I mean I've been watching Bud hardcore this year and he is making plays in his own right uh, he's busting his own double teams he's working his ass off on running plays I mean he has more tackles for loss he currently leads the Steelers in tackles for loss and that's a big reason why he has really improved in the run game and pushing his guys back into the backfield getting off these blocks and tackling um running backs in the backfield for for losses which is huge I mean it's like a mini sack so Whereas before I saw them as a Batman-Robin situation, now it's like a Batman-Superman situation. It's a great situation to have as a Steeler fan, being able to really root for both sides equally coming off, which you know I haven't been able to do since Lloyd and Green and also since um, uh, Harrison and Woodley then. I mean, those guys, when they were in their prime and they were hitting their double-digit sacks, you just knew somebody was going to make a play, especially late in the game. Both of them are throwing hammers down, coming around. So they're throwing balls on the. They're they're making. They're hitting. You know that by say the hammer when they go for a sack, they bring their arm down hard on the quarterback's hands. Balls are hitting the ground, and Steelers are actually coming away with the footballs this year. Whereas last year, balls were hitting the ground, and they just weren't falling on them because the ball wasn't bouncing their way. But to have all that athleticism, it's really really fun to watch those guys just disrupt on the edges.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean. Bud's definitely uh, been a – this performance has been a sight for sore eyes and for many Steelers fans as uh, being a first-round pick and not putting up huge sack numbers, especially that a lot of people wanted to see for someone with his talent yeah. and his athleticism. Mm-hmm. It's great to see him come full circle this year, especially considering a lot of people were giving Kevin Colbert and the teams a lot of uh, great for picking up his fifth year option and paying him all that money, but yeah. he's more than earned – every bit of that money this year. And it's uh, great to see him and TJ Watt also have such a good relationship on the field. I mean, mm-hmm. watching them two play, it's like, it's like they're in sync. You can't even, there's like running out the quarterback like together. Half time they're meeting there at the same time. Yep.
0: And
1: yeah. That's a great sight to see for a team that, you know, it's fun to watch on defense again. And you can tell they're enjoying it as well. And it's not a one man show.
0: Couldn't agree with you more. Um, Moving on a little bit, uh, I'm going to talk about the injury situation and where we're standing right now. As of today being Thursday, the second practice, we've got some good news, bad news situation. The good news is, you know, obviously we had Juju Smith, Schuster, and James Conner practice fully yesterday, which was huge news because both of those guys have been sitting out the last three games. Uh, Today, James Conner still was a full participant uh, Juju had, was limited in practice and left early. I don't know if he tweaked something or if he re-injured something. Uh, Feekner was a bit tight-lipped when asked about it, so we have to wait kind of until tomorrow to see how his um, how his participation level is going to be to indicate if he's going to play or not this week. But one other really interesting thing was we got the, we got Jalen Samuels also back today. Uh, he practiced fully, which I am completely surprised. Usually, groin injuries become this. Uh, albatross around people's neck late in the season and they're not able to play or play to their potential. But being able to play practice fully today is a good indication uh, that he's going to be playing again this week, which is great for all Steeler fans to have that running attack at full strength. That would just be amazing. Also, Vance McDonald participated in a limited capacity. Uh, He's still in concussion protocol. Obviously, he needs to have a full practice and be concussion free and symptom free the following day uh, to be able to clear. So, We'll see if he practices fully, but at this point in the season, three games left to play. Every single rostered player on the Steelers has practiced in some capacity this week, and that is huge moving into the final three games because you need health moving down to the last stretch to make your playoff pushes Um, because, as the Steelers have shown, you can deal with injuries early in the season, when you get the injuries later in the season, when you're already relying on this, these people to do things for you, that's when it's tougher to recover from. So kudos, like happy, very happy for the Steelers being healthy at this point, and that helps out the Steelers' chances. Moving into this week The against Buffalo, which is, in my opinion, this is a playoff game, Matt, and this game is... Means more to the Steelers than any other game on the roster. A, because it's this week, but B, because of the playoff implications. The biggest one being, if the Steelers win this game at home, having a home playoff game, quote unquote, they're going to be the number five seed. At least have have the uh, their playoff seeding in their own hands moving forward to be the number five seed, which is huge because starting off 0 and 3 and 1 and 4, now we're at a point in the season where. Hey, they can be the number five seed. They can be the number five seed in the playoffs, which is just unreal.
1: Yeah, just like you said, this game is huge this week, especially since you know if they do beat the Bills, like you said, they end up putting themselves in the driver's seat for the number five seed, mm-hmm. and that makes a big difference when you go into the playoffs. It's the difference between playing Kansas City if you stay at six, or playing Houston if you stay at, or if you move up to five, and. As we've seen recently, Houston is a very beautiful team. I mean, you just saw Denver go in there and uh, just, you know, kind of manhandle them. Yeah. And the Texans have a very exploitable defense, so it would be nice to be able to move up and not have a repeat of going against the Chiefs. That I know it was early in the year before they make a six-patch or trade and everything, but Chiefs' offense just kind of ripped apart the Steelers' defense.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, Looking towards the... Buffalo and at least how they uh, handled the Ravens last week or I guess how the Ravens handled them we got another mobile quarterback in Josh Allen the Steelers are facing though the Steelers seem to have solved the problem of the mobile quarterback um, obviously between the 20s the the mobile the, you know mobile quarterbacks are able to get open a little bit run for first downs uh, what Alex Car- uh, Carroza was showing on Steeler Depot when they got inside of the 20 and down a goal line situations was the Steelers would drop eight and have three men rushing with a spy, and for that from that point on, like like he had three incompletions or in one, one interception he threw to the end zone, the one that uh, T.J. Watt ended up getting, uh, which looked like one he probably could have ran for the first down or at least a touchdown in that situation. But fortunately, uh, Watt made a huge play on that on that aspect. But uh, Ravens did the same kind of thing and 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 settled down Josh Allen and um, they held him to probably his worst day passing on the year. He was 17 for 39, 146 yards, and only one touchdown. Um, on the ground was the most impressive um, that they seemed to uh, settle him down with only two rushes for nine yards, and that's huge, When he, especially since he's close to – I know he's over 400 yards rushing on the season, and um, I know he's a, he can be a threat to, to run and throw the football, but what do you see in this matchup Matt, that excites you or that you think the Steelers can do well in trying to corral Josh Allen?
1: Yes, yeah, so similar to what you kind of said, I think uh, the ability to only rush three or four guys and play a lot of coverage or have a spy or zone coverage behind it, having the ability to get after a quarterback with minimal guys or not blitzing, not sending more in your base front definitely big for games like these where you have that mobile quarterback with t.j watt bud dupree a word hargrave everyone else that's involved in the defensive line and rotating in mm-hmm. everyone's able to make a move towards the quarterback and that really helps in terms of coverage because one you get to not cover for long periods of time but two You know your quarterback's looking to pull the ball down a little quickly, so you get to read and react pretty quickly in the defense, especially if you're able to keep your eyes on him in a zone defense or if you're a spy. So you saw Kyler Murray last week rolling out but not having anywhere to go because the pass rush was either very close behind him or there was a person waiting for him in front of him so he couldn't advance forward. The Steelers secondary has been able to lash people down and not let them get open for obvious reasons Games once the quarterback breaks the pocket. So it's kind of just a collective effort, but the ability to get after the quarterback with only a three or four man rush is huge, especially down the red zone when you can make those windows a lot smaller than what you anticipate.
0: And at least I know the Steelers' secondary has been lights out this year with the, uh you know, obviously the addition of Nelson. Um, And Minka Fitzpatrick uh, to, you know, help out already. Joe Hayden, who's playing all world right now. He's doing fantastic. And Edmonds, who's also leading the team in tackles. But you also have your dime players and your nickels coming in. Like, Hilton's playing fantastic and Sutton's playing fantastic. And they really have a good matchup this weekend because – the Bills really don't have any go-to wide receivers or any super athletic wide receivers. I, mean, I remember uh, they do have John Brown on the roster, who was a, who, who did who I think is a, is a very very good possession receiver, um, and played very well for the Ravens last year. Um, do they have any? Uh, do you see any other um, matchups uh, at least from the receiver end uh, that would be able to try to that would be at least Buffalo's best chance of trying to gain some yardage on our secondary?
1: Oh yeah, honestly, they have uh, Cole Beasley in the slot, and he's been performing very well this year. He's been kind of a reliable checkdown and uh, red zone red zone target for Josh Allen throughout the year. Mm-hmm. So m- him matching up with Hilton on the early downs, if they decide to go three wide, or if later uh, and later in a uh, longer game, longer, longer yards to go, they decide to um, spread him out and put Sutton in there. Mm-hmm. Both of them will have a tough task with Beasley because he's a very quick guy and he has six TDs this year, so he's being targeted often in the red zone. That mm-hmm. makes it really tough to track out of the slot and not be able to get your hands on the guy, especially if they keep moving him around the whole formation. So, the key for the game for me, in the passing game is honestly going to be containing Cole Beasley and not just containing John Brown over the top.
0: And obviously, one of the biggest strong or one of the strongest parts of their game is they're known as a rushing attack. Um, obviously um, um, spearheaded by uh, Devin Singletary. Uh, what do you see from him from a, a a perspective, since I know you're a fantasy guy, how does he stand out as a, as a feature back this year?
1: So, you know, throughout the year, a lot of people were complaining because they kept giving the agents wonder, Frank Gore, a lot of the carries. Yeah. And uh, not letting Devin Singletary kind of take over the main role, but... In recent weeks, you know, Devin Singletary's not only been able to handle the third down duties, which he's been handling all year, but mm-hmm. also been taking over a lot of the first and second down and most of the rushing work as well. He's kind of really developed into a complete back throughout the year, which is always nice to have. I mean, watch, just watching the Steelers, I mean, you've seen Benny Snelling on early downs, Jalen was in passing situations, mm-hmm. White coming in and taking over some of the outside runs and sort of uh, gives that little acceleration that the others don't have.
0: Mm-hmm. Having a
1: running back like Devin Singletary, who in his rookie year is able to, you know, do all things well and well-rounded, definitely an advantage to have, and that's something that Buffalo's is definitely enjoying and will be enjoying throughout the next several seasons.
0: And also he gives them a a, a good set of hands out of the backfield, uh, from what I see even more so than, uh, than Gore. Gore is always kind of known as being – you know, the grinder and, and more of a runner than, than a threat out of the backfield. Um, so that's also, I guess, something that the Steelers have to really look out for more um, if their running game is having some issues or if they're looking to do a release. Somebody's got to account for him.
1: Yeah, definitely. The Steelers linebackers definitely got to be keeping their eyes open because he's a good blocker, but he also likes to leak out, chip and leak out, and then that can definitely Cause problems if you're constantly leaving your flats or your, your underneath open. Similarly, like how we saw Le'Veon on do for years, just slowly churn out yards on a little bit, dump down. Josh Allen definitely likes to dump it down if he doesn't have the long ball there and just live to fight another day. So, Singletary is definitely going to be uh, someone to worry about coming out of the backfield.
0: Well, I, for one, am going to be excited for the game. I'm going to be there. I'm going to bring my duck call. So every time I see duck do a good play, I'm going to be blowing it hard. And uh, how are you going to be watching the game this week?
1: Uh, This week, with it being a night game, kind of threw a little bit of a wrench in my plans. You know, I planned on staying at the house, watching it, watching it with the family, watching it with my fiance and my dog. But, yeah. you know, it being a night game, I I had plans for the night, so uh, I'm going to have to try and find some place to watch it and make sure wherever I go has the game on. You know, living down here in Cincinnati doesn't exactly uh, afford me the luxury of going to many of the games anymore unless it's against the Bengals. So, you know, finding a good bar with a big TV is always uh, in the cards around here.
0: <laughs> That's wonderful. Hey, Matt. Thanks a lot too for joining us, giving you all giving us all of our knowledge and making Steeler Nation a little bit smarter and more prepared for their fantasy playoffs.
1: Hey, no problem. Thanks for having me. You know, I'm always welcome to come on and it's always an honor to be uh part of these with you and be just be a part of the whole Steeler Nation group.
0: Well, we have we have an awesome group and I, I love the fact that each of us has different talents and, and uh, that everybody kind of feeds off of each other and works with each other. So it's it's really a lot of fun to be working with all the writers over here at Steeler Nation, especially to you two, Matt. Because so, I know you've, you're you one of the few people that I've had more than once in the same season on the phone call. So it speaks to your knowledge and it speaks to your ability. So we really appreciate you.
1: Well, I'm honored. I'm glad I glad I could help not only Steeler Nation, but also anyone else who comes in. So it's always good to be a part of it.
0: Perfect. Hey Steeler fans, make sure to come to Steelernation.com for the best football forum and Steeler news on the internet. Tweet us at Steeler Nation, and obviously if you have any fantasy questions, Matt will be answering them at Steeler Nation and Instagram us at SteelerNationcom. Thanks for joining us for the Steelernation.com podcast, sponsored by Stony Brewing. I'm your host, G. Stryker, along with Matt Papyrnick, rooting along with you as always. Go Steelers! For the ones who get going when the going gets tough, and the ones who know we're tougher together. For the pathfinders breaking new ground, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as fast access to experts and 24-7 customer support. Because we know you have people depending on you, so you can always depend on us.